Welcome to the Landmark Theatre's Film Club podcast. Today we'll hear an audience Q&A with writer-director Bo Burnham and actor Elsie Fisher after a screening of their film, Eighth Grade, during its opening weekend. Thanks for being everybody. I really appreciate it. Thanks for staying. Very nice. Thanks for taking time out on a Saturday night. Uh, keep the applause going for the only person it really should be for, the coolest girl in the world, Elsie Fisher. Uh, we really don't have, we don't have a moderator. How are you feeling? Gucci. Cool. <laughs> Chill. Uh, well, so, yeah, well, I think we'll just open it right up to questions. And if you guys have any questions, we'll, uh, yes, you. Hi. I'm a huge fan of this movie. It's brilliant. I love it. Say thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Over. <laughs> uh, no. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm primarily unknown, by the way, but yes. <laughs> None of it. I mean, I don't really care. Uh, truly, I, you know, I would just like, I, and even in my comedy, just trying to just uh, reflect my sensibilities. You know, like on stage and in comedy, you have to be funny all the time. And you have to be, so that's sort of like a prison of its own, but like, I, um, I was sort of very desperate to collaborate with people. You know, I did like theater my whole life and with stand-up, it's always just you looking to yourself for inspiration and everything coming out of your own head. And I was like really tired of my head and my face. So I wanted to work with other people and also like in comedy, my tools were sort of like cynicism and irony and satire and commentary. If I was like truly honest with myself, I didn't know what was going on. I was feeling confused and scared about the current moment. So I was much more... Um, I was looking forward to trying to express myself a little more vulnerable, vulnerably with, with, with somebody else. Um, so, yeah, that's five answers. <laughs> Any other questions? Yes, you. Hey, so you're someone that chose to forego formal education. Um, I'm someone that's pursuing creative writing in that academic setting. I'm a mm. graduate program. Um, and through, you know, Egghead and Zach Stone and now eighth grade, which is embarrassingly made me cry so much because it's so sweet. Um, as someone that didn't go through all that training, and you know, there is that sense of elitism within that culture of, of writing academically, um, what would your advice to, would be to, to not writing that way, I guess? Not writing elitely, you're saying, because you're going through the college system and I didn't. Or I guess, what did you learn? Like, what did you appreciate having not gone through like, the education route? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to go to, uh, you know, I, I wish I had went to college a lot of the time. I mean, like, that, it's, a, it's beautiful to be able to educate yourself. And, like, I also came from, like, a private boys Catholic high school, so it's, I didn't, like, uh, miss elitism or anything at any point in my life. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Uh, like, I'm a tall white dude, so I've had a pretty elite life. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's like, I think just, you know, from your question, I'm implying like a lot of judgment on maybe yourself for being in that circumstance. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's cool. Don't worry. Like, I know the kids are, or whoever around you might be a little nauseating and up their own whatever at that point. But like, that is kind of what you're supposed to do when you're 18, 19, 20 in college. Like, you're supposed to be reaching past yourself a little bit. So that's okay. Um, but yeah, you know, just start engaging with yourself and writing yourself. But also like, it's it's good to be in that environment. And like, don't worry about 
It's not like, oh, anyone that's successful or cool is like dropped out of college and went to all that cool. Like, don't worry about that. Like, um, uh, yeah, sorry, I don't know. That's sort of a non-answer, but sorry. Anyone, anyone have a question for Elsie? And we'll go to, yeah. Yes, yes, you in the hat. Yes. Uh, Elsie, how much do you have to teach people about the current state of eighth graders? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he, some people not much, surprisingly. He he is pretty much an eighth grader himself. So. <laughs> no, I mean truly though, like you know, Bo, you've said your answers. Like you never pictured writing for an eighth grader or whatever you say. Um, yeah, but I mean, he he got it. You know. There was a couple things. Right. Um, originally in the script, all of her DMs were on Facebook, uh, so that that wasn't quite right. <laughs> so she said no one uses Facebook anymore, so that's why the lines in the movie. She read the script and she was like, is this about my aunt? And I was like, no. <laughs> Anybody else? Yes, you. Yes, in the yellow. Yeah. You know, a lot of it was scripted. Most of it was scripted. Um, the Rick and Morty thing is the only thing that was improvised. Most of the, and like most of her stuff is scripted. Like, it, the the movie was written. And it's to her credit. The movie is written like, yeah. Um. So the thing about being yourself is, uh, wait. Uh, I'm writing this on a piece of paper. Like, she gives a very technical performance. Um, I wasn't making like Homeward Bound, where it was like, okay, just like you do it. It's a movie about dogs. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, but so, well, when he came in to test with her. Um, I was like, you guys should just, uh, you know, improv a little bit, Jake. Jake is the name of the actor. And uh, he goes, uh, you like tacos? And she goes, uh, she goes, yeah. And he goes, um, hard shell or soft? And I go, you have the part. I'm like, you got it. Like, and I was like, just don't talk to each other. Like, I didn't let them exchange information or anything so that it, when they showed up on the day, it felt fresh and exciting and, and high stakes. And it felt high stakes, all right. It to did. him, yeah, I think he had a little crush on you. Um, and, and now that he's gone, I'll say that. Um, but yeah, the Rick and Morty was sort of the only improvised thing in that. But it's one of my favorite parts in the whole movie, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I have a question for both of you guys. So for Bo, why did you So you, car scene, I assume you're talking about, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in general, the sort of like, I guess the sort of value system of the movie is always trying to portray situations that may not seem like a big deal on paper, but when you experience them sub subjectively, they are. And, and that one especially is the, yeah, we wanted to portray a type of situation that when after the fact described, you can imagine six months down the line, her saying, the story and someone going, what, he sat in the back seat with you and he touched your arm and you said no and he stopped? What do you mean nothing happened, you know? Uh, and people often tell me, I'm so glad that scene didn't go where I thought it was gonna go. But it doesn't have to go there to be emotionally violent and violating. And, and it doesn't have to be on paper criminal to be incredibly wrong. Um, and I think the conversation in the culture is starting to change around that, so that's really good. Also, it's like, it did blow my mind and I think it really hasn't really changed when I was an eighth grader that you know, we got some sex education. We got a lot of like, we learned a lot about anatomy and nothing about like actually what this will mean as a, what it means to be a boyfriend or a girlfriend or just someone with another person in real time. And that's what's most terrifying to me about the scene is that she's just getting new information and being forced to process it, act on it, make decisions about it. And, and so part of the failure is the, I think, the culture's failure of these kids that like, you teach them like about birth control, but you don't teach them about what needs to be stated, what 
has to be agreed to. But I, again, I think that conversation actually is changing rapidly now because of the cultural reckoning around it. But um, yeah, that was that was sort of part of the attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for my feelings during the scene, like I, you know, I knew what we were portraying, um, and I wanted to treat it just as honestly and sensitively as we did all the scenes in the movie. Um, but during the actual filming of the scene, it was way less high stakes. I like had the script in my lap, and there were like six people in the car. <laughs> <laughs> It really ruins the illusion, but uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but the truth is, and the truth is, like going into the movie, I was really worried before I found her. Like I, I don't want to have to manipulate a kid into feeling the emotions that she'll need to feel real. That it'll need to look like she's feeling in order for the movie to be effective. And it just wasn't the case with her ever. You know what I mean? Like in the pool party, she was. We were cutting, and she was laughing and jumping in the pool and having fun. And and even in that scene, like so. I really was able to treat her like I would an adult actor and really talk about the meaning of these scenes and the intentions of the scenes. So, um, yeah, so if that's an answer, yeah. Uh, way in the back, um, yeah, yeah, on the, yeah, the right side of that with the bluer shirt, I think it's very dark. <laughs> yeah. What made you choose to portray like this weird that Yeah, um... Uh, sorry, the question was why a girl? Why a why a girl? Um, uh, <coughs> um, I've never thought about that. No, um, uh, um, it's a couple answers. The truth is, like, it wasn't necessarily a, the things in it weren't necessarily choices. They just felt right. And then, you know, once the choice felt like it was being made subconsciously, I just sort of attended to it and make sure I was um, being responsible with it. Um, Part of it was, you know, I wanted to write about middle schoolers. I watched hundreds of videos of kids online talking about themselves. The boys tended to talk about Fortnite, and the girls tended to talk about their souls. So it was like, okay, <laughs> I think it's probably going to be a story about a girl. Um, um, and also, I really, I really didn't want to make a movie that was nostalgic. I mean, I'm sure it fe it should feel, you know, get nostalgic feelings. But the I wasn't trying to look at it like a memory. And I like movies that feel like memories, but for this it was like, because anxiety, you would love to be looking back at anxiety rather than being within it. Um, so, and I do think the way we, we remember that age is very different than the way that age actually is in real time. So it being a girl, I couldn't project my own experience onto it. I had to sort of just humble myself before whatever her truth was and sort of walk her experiences with her, which was wonderful. You know, it didn't feel, I didn't feel like I was touring my path. I, I tried to like see it as she did, which is for the first time and visceral. So um, those are, yeah, those are a, a couple of reasons why I think that that's why it happened like that. You want to choose something? Yeah, um, right here. Um, so this movie was terrifyingly accurate and I felt like the horror movie, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering. She's asking if it was a collaborative process if we talked about me being in eighth grade and other eighth graders. Really, like, it's so funny because I'll get asked, like, what was your eighth grade like after this movie? And I, like, it's almost like I was thinking it for the first time. We never talked about yeah. my, my eighth grade experience. It was much more like, 
because as much as I was like a guy writing about a girl, I felt like an anxious person writing about an anxious person. So what we really talked about was anxiety. Like what we talked about was like, how do you feel about this? And how do you deal with these feelings? And like, I was having panic attacks in uh, backstage instead of, you know, in a bathroom before, before a pool party. But that's what we really, because I didn't see it as like, I'm this person that's been where you've been and you're gonna get old one day. It's like, you know, I, we, I really did see her and do see her as, as an equal. So, so the conversation was much more... About now and about yeah. how we feel right now. Yeah, right? yeah, about, yeah, totally. Yeah, as much as it's about eighth grade, it's about how we're feeling now. I don't know, yeah. I just said that. <laughs> yeah, no, right. Black shirt right there? Awesome. Yeah. Good to both of you. Uh, one of the things that I really loved about this movie was the, um, I feel like this is the most honest portrayal of uh, social media isolation that I've seen uh, in a movie ever. Uh, and I just want to. SMI. To ask what your thoughts are about that, maybe like the person, uh, the experiences you maybe have had with it, uh, and what advice you give to people who, or just everybody who feels like the uh, the world is kind of defined by it now, and that maybe your value is defined by. It. Mm. Yeah. What do you think about social media and all that isolation, anxiety? Any advice? Yeah, um, I feel very fortunate because now I have like a professional relationship. But truly, it, it gives me a little more distance from it. Um, yeah, but I mean, it, it's insane how personal it can get, and it, it, you know, it contradicts itself all the time. We're overstimulated, we're numb, we're hyperconnected. You know, we're alone. Um, yeah, and I don't know, it, it's a lot. You talk now. <laughs> right, right. That was really good. Um, my, you know, I could like ramble about it, but like truthfully, my first impulse is to one, let her speak, and two, when I speak, to say, you know, there's a lot of commentary about the current moment going along, a lot of round tables about what the fuck's going on, and a lot of people that have no, we, we haven't even gathered the data, I think, to even talk about this thing, really. It's like, we talk about the internet in terms of like social trends and cyberbullying in Russia. It's like, uh, like, there's a subtler conversation to be had for me, and to me, it's like, when she becomes a social scientist, I'll be very curious to hear what she has to say in 20 years, but now I just feel like we need to gather emotional inventory of the thing. So like, the movie I'm just hoping is just like an emotional subjective description of what this is without judgment. Um, that feels like the first step to whatever the solution could be. So I, I, you know, I could ramble on about what may, maybe I think that is, but um, for now I just feel like I, I don't even think the terms are being described because we have to say stuff like social media isolation which sounds like cold and sterile and the exact opposite of what the internet is. You know what I mean? We're talking about like influencers and uh, data outreach. It's like are we on the fucking USS Enterprise or are we talking about the, like the internet? You know what I mean? Um, so I mean, I'm saying th those are the only ways to describe it. That's how I describe it too. So um, our hope is just to give us just a more emotional description of it and then you know Hopefully on the way home, you talk about it with, you know, the information we, get, we gave you. Oops. Uh, uh, yeah, and the glasses right there, yeah. All right, so when you told 844 that you wanted to make a movie about eighth grade, and when you were working with your collaborators and your producers, how did they respond? Were they supportive of that idea? Um, yeah, it was more like, it was sort of the other way around, where it was like, I was trying to sell a movie called eighth grade. It was actually called The Coolest Girl in the World first. That was the initial title. Um, 
which I liked, but I didn't like it until after you saw the movie. And then when it changed to eighth grade, I realized like it was better to f find that phrase in the movie. I liked seeing you know that you hadn't heard that phrase until the box. I like anyway. Um, I was trying to sell the movie for a couple of years and couldn't do it. And um, A24 was interested in distributing it um, when I had the script, but. I had to wait until they became a production company to get them to finance it. But yeah, I was always, I was kind of coming to them with the movie. It wasn't like, hey, we'll make a movie with you. And I was like, okay, it's about eighth grade. You know what I mean? It's like, it was more like I came to them with uh, just that idea and that's sort of what they did. Um, one more, okay, great. Uh, yes, you right here. Yeah, what, what makes, why not a mother? Um, it's sort of similar to like Why a Girl, where it was like, I didn't feel like a choice, it just felt like something that felt natural and then I tried to be responsible with it. But now that I'm, oh, you know, have distance from it, I can look back and say, why? Why, why, and sometimes I think maybe why there wasn't an older female presence in the house is because there wasn't an older female presence there when she was being written, you know what I mean? So it's kind of a way for me to give voice to my limitations of my perspective. You know what I mean? I feel like both of them. And I'm actually right 13 years apart from both of them where I feel like a scared kid on the internet and I also feel like an out of touch dude that has no idea what she's going through and what the fuck do I know? You know what I mean? So it was kind of a way for me to, I think, explore those two sides of me or whatever. Um, well, thank you all for being here. Really appreciate thank it. You. I hope you dug the movie. Tell your friends or whatever, but uh, thanks for being here. Peace. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Landmark Q&A podcast. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel to see an entirely different Q&A from the film's opening weekend, featuring actor Jake Ryan as well. See you next time.